You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. We're here. We're Another here. episode coming at you. Somehow we are. Pretty and Martha. Yes. Somehow we made it to 17. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We've had a lovely date with our friend Bethany. Yeah. We watched some Kitchen Nightmares. In Hull, Massachusetts. In Hull, which is close to where we used to live. Mm-hmm. It was good. We So we had a few drinks with mm-hmm. that. And we really yeah. miss seafood. Yeah, oh, that shit. lobster looks so good. Ah. Can't really get lobster in Vegas. Not we are really. in the middle of a fucking desert, so there's not even any kind of sea. Yeah. Let alone where the lobster is on the East Coast. <laughs> it's not any sea, and none of it is fucking cold where the lobsters want to live. Yep. It's fine. We're only crying a little. If you would like to send us a live lobster so we can kill it and eat it. Or if you want to send us lobster on ice. Yeah, that's a lot of ice, but you have to send it express. Many, many ice express. All of the ice and overnight. (laughs) That's the name of my new band. (laughs) All of the ice and overnight. (laughs) Or no, that's the name of our fucking vaporwave album. (laughs) (laughs) Seventeen. I know, and I also Also, know we say this every week, but it's really fucking weird. I'm like, holy crap, it's seventeen, then I feel like it's only seventeen. Yeah. Haven't I talked about one billion things? <laughs> I have picked a billion topics, but have only settled on 17 of them. <laughs> yep. All right. Episode 17. 17. We're here. We're here. We're queer. And this is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a little more drink than usual because we, we had a date with Bethany before, which I mentioned, mm-hmm. but it's fine. I'm Brittany Petrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But, but first, first, let's talk nerdy. Clank. Okay. I am doing today. Mm-hmm. Lockjaw. <laughs> a baby. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's completely unexpected <laughs> and also really cute. Oh, okay, I'm excited. <laughs> Alright, so. Also, most of the shit I know about Lockjaw is that he's big. And, and adorable. And Crystal's dog. Yes. So I'm here to learn. <laughs> yes. So I learned a lot about Lockjaw, too, because that's really mostly all I knew about Lockjaw as well, other than the fact that I have a pug, and I always wanted to put a little tuning fork on his head when I was Crystal <laughs> and carry him around, because it would have been so cute. But I've always loved the, like, little, like, the Lockheed, uh, which is Kitty Strayan, mm-hmm. um, and, and then Lockjaw, and I was like, there's a giant space bulldog how can you not want that if you are shitty and don't like dogs yeah, fuck it's, you if you don't like dogs don't listen to our podcast <laughs> I am willing to get rid of one That's of our fine. 50 fucking listeners <laughs> alright so Lockjaw um, I use mostly just Wikipedia and fandom he's very much a side character so <laughs> you know I love a CD list character very, that's my jam very super cute and fun I mean Crystal herself is already like a fucking C lister <laughs> so you bring in our dog we're pulling him E and F <laughs> that's fine it's fine doesn't matter Walk this I feel like by me. being a dog you just gain another point yeah. by the end of this all of you are going to be like nah he's an A lister in my book an A lister in my heart 
Oh, I fucking hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lockjaw is a fictional character in Marvel, if you don't know. He is an inhuman giant bulldog whose abilities include uh, teleportation. That's his main one. Baller. Yes. He serves the inhuman royal family, and my best babe, Crystal, is part of that family. Love her. I'll do her at some point. She's cute as shit. And he's basically their escort, and he's basically their taxi cab, and their protector, their loyal protector. So Lockjaw stands five feet tall. He is six eight from muzzle to his little nubbin (gasps) tail, and he weighs 1,240 pounds. Jesus. So he is a very large pup. He would basically be here, yeah. standing next to me. And he would take you for a fucking walk. Yes. He has the two little pronged antenna on his head. That kind of looks like the tuning fork that I referred to earlier. Yeah, it's an antenna, oh which I, I always just called it a little tuning fork. It but it's a, yeah, oh but it's God. an antenna. Okay, did you know that? That's his first appearance was in Fantastic Four number forty-five, which came out in December nineteen sixty-five. So he's older than a lot of characters. <laughs> Shit. And he was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Oh, yes. Lockjaw has been in many different medias. He's been in multiple cartoons. He's also in the Inhumans TV show as oh. Crystal's Good Boy. LOL. And I about he that. has been in many video games and he's even playable in Lego Marvel Superheroes too. I know. It made me want to go buy the game. <laughs> I just want to run around as a giant space pug. Yeah, that's so cute. Oh I guess my technically God. a bulldog, but Whatever. It's fine. they're all in the same a family. A giant space smushed face yes. dog. <laughs> Lockjaw's main power is teleportation, but he has a bunch more tricks up his sleeve. Imagine if he wore little sleeves. Big sleeves, I guess they would be. They'd be very big sleeves. (laughs) Lockjaw can teleport himself and nearby living creatures and matter to any destination on Earth or the moon. He also can open passages between dimensions. Yes. Uh, Energy barriers uh, that are seemingly impenetrable to others seem to pose no problem for him, usually. Sorry, I'm a boss. Basically. Big boss dog. (laughs) So Lockjaw also has the ability to psionically trace a given scent across dimensions. Yeah. So he can sniff people out. That's weird. Even if it's not in the same dimension. And cute. Which is like a dog trait. But, yeah. like, space dog trait. Space dog. <laughs> oh, when we get a dog, we should get a space dog. Oh, that'd be the ballers. <laughs> Lockjaw may also be able to sense danger from afar. An example is when Dr. Doom had manipulated Silver Surfer's powers. Lockjaw is also capable of chewing and swallowing inorganic material such as scraps of robot to no ill effect and may possibly even be his main source of food. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to eat Doombots for the rest no of the No worries. Ain't no just bacon. some Doombots and some fucking... Um, Scrap metal. I'm just um, going to Centennials. Is that what yeah. they're called? Stupid bitches. Sentinels. Sentinels. Okay, thank you. I was like, I can picture them in my brain perfectly fine. Quite right, but yeah, it's really I was real close. close. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what they were called. He is a big, strong boy, and he can carry up to three thousand six hundred pounds on his back. He's a, he's a strong big boy, <laughs> and he has claws like canines do, though his are super durable, and he can actually dig through concrete. And as far as anyone can tell, Lockjaw. 
is basically indestructible. He also has a super strong jaw. Ah. Uh, that seems like it once it grips, it can You're continue fucked. to grip on, which may be where his name came from. Awesome. Jaw. Other than, like, the teleportation, he, a lot of his, like, super abilities are dog-related, which is would just taken to the superpower extreme, which is so super much. cute. Yeah. Also, just a dog with teleportation would be the best. Oh, seriously. I mean, anything with teleportation would be the best, but you could imagine if it was your dog. Luna, get on that. If it was your cat, you would just be teleported to, like, I don't know. The fucking, I'd end up in like our weird shelf. I was gonna say, if it was Luna teleporting us, so I'd end up in the liquor shelf and you'd be like, why? In my bathroom shelf. (laughs) (laughs) I think my food's in here. No. (laughs) No. It's not. Or you'd just be transported into the food bag directly in it and then it would explode because you're too big for it. She makes me very small, and then I just drown. <laughs> That's not a power. It's just teleportation. You're making up powers for your non-space cat. <laughs> so, Arlokja, he does have flaws. He often suffers from canine urges, and these often take the form of a desire to chase other animals. And... We have to remember, he is just a cute little pup pup. So Cute big pup pup. And a large super pup pup. <laughs> and he can only uh, pick up or otherwise manipulate things if they can fit into his mouth. Because he doesn't have a posable mouth. That makes sense. <laughs> I know. All right. So now we're going to move on to what he's done in the Marvel Universe. A lot of it is just like, hey, he teleported people here and he teleported people there. But he's a good boy, so we're going to talk about him. So Lockjaw was born on the island of Adilon, which was formerly in the Atlantic Ocean and somehow moved to the moon. They swinked it. You know, Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. He was born from the Inhumans' experimentation on canines. His mother had been brought to Atlantion as a puppy and experimented on by the Surgeon Supreme. She was impregnated by her own clone genetic material, and she had five puppies with the purpose of performing a terigenesis in the womb. I don't know what terigenesis <laughs> is. Don't ask. I didn't look it up. I knew when I was copy and pasting that, that was going to be the look you gave me. And I was like, I don't care. Also, eat your twin in the room. In the room. In the room. In the tomb? Oh, that's dark. On the moon? On the moon. Eat your twin They on the are moon. literally on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Lockjaw was successfully mutated. So he's not a space dog. He's a mutated He's a dog, dog. that was made into space. Yes. He no. was made in space because he was made on the moon. Lockjaw was successfully mutated while his siblings were not. And before the surgeon could remove them from the womb to further experimentation, he teleported. So Lockjaw knew that they weren't and that they would just get experimented on. So he teleported his siblings to four different locations so that they wouldn't get killed while they were in the womb. Because he's the best boy ever. Oh my god. One ended up in Brooklyn, one ended up in the Savage Land. I just assume that they all had like lovely little I'm lives. sure. One ended up on Wudagore Mountain and one ended up on Earth 8311. <laughs> Sorry. Not sorry. So it just goes to show this best little yeah. boy also, is really powerful even as a fucking fetus. 
Do you think that the other ones are also very large? No, they weren't mutated. Yeah, because I was like, how are you going to survive in the Savage Lands without being a very large boy? Well, maybe Savage Land Steve and Bucky found him, and Mm -hmm. they have a I mean, we already have canon gay shit in the Savage Lands with Charles Xavier and Magneto. And Steve and Bucky. Oh, shit, seriously? Yes. It's like, basically canon. Like... Legit. I, there's this one panel I always see on my shit, my site, and it's like, yeah, no. It's so fucking yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. The Savage Lands is where everybody goes to pet be dinosaurs gay. and be gay. <laughs> and apparently have this cute little bulldog. Hey, why not everything? <laughs> I would like to have my domestic life with dinosaurs. My gay domestic life with dinosaurs. <laughs> Please. Why the fuck not? This is my treat. So, since he transported his cute little siblings out before that they were delivered, he appeared to be the only baby puppy born. Ah, what a boss. Yes. He shares a particular bond with Black Bolt, but uh, as the most recurring ruler of the Inhumans, but also has a very tight connection with Mabe Crystal. (laughs) He's regularly used as transportation to traverse... Travers. Traverse <laughs> between time and space. Travis between time and space. <laughs> to travesty between time <laughs> So the earliest record appearance of Lockjaw was a few years prior to the modern age of heroes when Black Bolt's insane brother Maximus created the Tricon and unleashed it upon the Inhumans. Lockjaw assisted Black Bolt in stopping the energy creature by using his teleportational powers to banish the uh, creature to another universe uh, known as the Negative Zone. Oh, shit. Yes. However, while Black Bolt was otherwise busy, Maximus used the opportunity to seize the Inhuman Throne and force Black Bolt and his cousins Crystal, Gorgon, Triton, and Karnak Yes. Into exile. Lockjaw accompanied the exile as they also began to search for Crystal's sister Medusa, who went missing in the battle with Tricon. Another hottie. <laughs> yes, yes. So that was a little bit before the modern age. Now, by the modern age, uh, Lockjaw and his owners had tracked down Medusa, and then they, she apparently, she was in New York, so they went to New York. I don't fucking know, everybody just hanging out there. It was there that Lockjaw and the Inhumans first encountered the heroes known as the Fantastic Four. During a battle with the heroes, the Inhumans ordered Lockjaw to return them to Atlan for the fear of capture by the Seeker, minion of Maximus, sent to capture them. Black Bolt retook the Inhuman crown for Maximus with the help of the Fantastic Four. However, Maximus had the last laugh when he created a massive negative zone barrier around Atlantean and trapped all the Inhumans inside. Lockjaw, being the best and the smartest pup, didn't get trapped like the others and used his teleportation abilities to leave the Great Refuge, which I guess is what they call this fucking black hole of whatever is happening on their their fucking planet. Interesting. So, at the same time this was happening, the Human Torch began to try to find a way to get through the barrier to reunite with Crystal because he had fallen in love with her. Ew. Bad choices. Crystal, you have a lot of bad choices. You have another bad choice coming up real soon. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think she has any really, like, solid choices as far as people that she decides to be with. No. 
Um, I think of that as a very large, potentially one of the people that we're going to talk about fan. <laughs> I assume. Soon as Panda can be here. E. Listener Panda. We already have our episode planned with mm-hmm. you. I winked at you. Double wink. So the Human Torch and his friend Wyatt Wingfoot found Lockjaw outside at Leon and hoped the dog could help them teleport past the barrier. But instead of being like, yeah, okay, sure, sounds good, let's do this, Lockjaw instead took the pair on a series of random adventures in bizarre parallel dimensions. <laughs> so I'm not sure if Lockjaw just did this to be a dick because he was <laughs> like, Johnny, you are not worth my beautiful master crystal. I mean, obviously. Or if he was like, no, we really should get in there to rescue all of them, but this negative world zone is weird and I'm having a problem getting into it. But he's been there before, so I'm guessing he's doing it just to be a dick. Johnny, the only person you're good enough for is Peter Parker. Because y'all are fucking gay. But also, Peter Parker doesn't deserve any of his ladies. Who should be gay also. It's true. Gay shit! Um, so while they're in the middle of these bizarre parallel dimension adventures, because Lockjaw just keeps transporting them around, <laughs> something is going on with the Fantastic Four, so Lockjaw returns Johnny and Wyatt back to some battle with the Mad Thinker. Ew, I fucking hate the Thinker. He was defeated, <laughs> and, um, and then they went a- along their way again to try to get into the negative zone, but this time... Lockjaw took them to more strange random. What the fuck, Lockjaw? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I was following a squirrel through all of these weird worlds, so I don't know know, what to tell you. It's true. He does also return them eventually again to New York for a battle with Doom. So it's like, when they need to be there, like, he's like, here you go. But I think he's like, nah, it's fine. They'll get their way out of their negative world. Get the fuck away from my bay. My main... (laughs) My bay. Like, have you thought about just uh, just eat one of Johnny's legs? It's He'll probably not want to come around anymore, and then you don't have to do all of this work. He has a really good relationship with the thing, though. That's fair. The thing is really cool, too. Yeah, so... I'd be bros with the thing in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> okay, so Lockjaw and the Human Torch took too long, so Black Bolt managed to free them and free him and the Inhumans from the trap that they were in. But, unfortunately, Atlian was decimated in the process. Wait, womp. womp. <laughs> I literally womp womp. Oh, no. It's what it is. <laughs> so, it is what it fucking is. The bigger is. problem is that I said womp womp when you had already written womp womp, <laughs> which means that we are just growing into <laughs> the same person and it's weird. Yep. Mm, good thing I'm working ten days in a row. <laughs> I almost choked and died. <laughs> that would be another solution. <laughs> you don't know all my passwords, and you could probably text with my mom and pretend that I was alive for at least a couple of. I could get. A, I could probably get a you know weeks. a couple of weeks out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you would do with my body. Yeah, I would smell a lot. I just assume if I didn't feed Luna, she would just eat you. I assume that I'm going to be eaten by a cat. Yeah, when and I that's die. me servicing you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
know your your true wish of death is just to be eaten by your cats. So if you choke and die, I don't have to become you, and you don't have to become me, and then I can have just Luna eat you. We all win, really. I'm actually dead now. It's the end. All right. So Lockdown reunites with the House of Agon shortly after, and Crystal goes and finds the Human Torch, and she uses Lockjaw to teleport herself to New York. But Lockjaw ends up teleporting her in the middle of a football game between <laughs> State University and Metro College. But conveniently, State U's team includes Wyatt Wingfoot, which is who they were running around with previously, and he informs Crystal that Johnny is in the middle of a battle with Sandman at the Fantastic Four's Baxter building. Sandman's a loser, just saying. I mean, everyone I feel like I've mentioned, other than the quick mention of Doctor Doom, has been a loser. <laughs> yes. Hard agree, also agree like, that Doctor Doom is not a loser. Yeah, Doctor Doom is great. You run a fucking country like a boss. You're great. Mm. When the battle ended with the Fantastic Four's leader, Mr. Fantastic, <laughs> sucks. He's been sucked into the negative zone. He's so fucking negative. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, he probably just is the negative zone. Mm. Crystal uses Lockjaw to bring Triton to the Fantastic Four's aid, and uh, they rescue Reed Richards from the negative zone. Should have just left him there. So when Mr. Fan, when Mr. Fantastic, I almost called him Mr. Fantastic Four, when Mr. Fantastic, the thing, and Invisible Girl, girl, were later attacked by the Kree, I guess this was in century number 459, they're in the South Pacific, uh, Lockjaw teleports Johnny to their side. Likewise, he did bring the torch, the human torch, the thing, I just, it just says torch in my, in my copy and pasted notes. Yeah. But we all know it's the human one yes. and not just a random torch. <laughs> just, 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 the torch thing, just holding the torch. <laughs> Fire, scary. I came to a dungeon and I brought this torch. <laughs> So likewise, he did bring the human torch thing and Triton to assist the Inhumans in their battle against the microverse tyrant known as Psycho Man. Uh, what? I don't know who that is, but he sounds as bad as the other ones I've mentioned. Yeah, also, what a shitty name. Psycho Man. Yeah. We didn't put any thought into this literally at all. <laughs> the, the, there's someone called the Thinker that we talked about. I hate the Thinker. Oh, you are the worst, and your name is The Thinker. Everybody thinks, even if they're not the best thoughts. They may be like, you know, crayons smell like wax thoughts, but like, they're still thinking. Okay, so Lockjaw then returns to Atlian with Black Hole where the ruler of the Inhumans found a whole bunch of unimportant people guilty of treason. So as a punishment, Black Bolt had locked to teleport the criminals to another dimension known as the Unplace. Also, they listed out a bunch of people, and I was like, I don't fucking care who you people are. I've never heard of any of you. <laughs> we made you up for one thing, and then we killed you. Basically. It's fine. It's not like it's bad writing or anything. So, um, at some point, Lockjaw encounters the Hulk, and uh, when Hulk attacked Lockjaw, the massive dog was like, no fucking thank you, and teleported the Hulk to the unplace as well. Fair. 
I like yeah. how he's just like, I'm done with you, so I'm going to put you here and then I'm going to leave. Bye. <laughs> I don't like your vibe. <laughs> we ain't got time for that shit. The Rogan humans and the Hulk ended up being freed by Maximus because, you know, that's the main villain of the Inhumans, so mm-hmm. he just keeps showing up. Have you thought about shrinking him? Not putting him in him a Tupperware. Really shrinking him. Put him in Tupperware. Yeah. Don't put Don't any put holes, any holes in, in it. And just it and accident. Just, yeah. And you put that you in. You forgot. And then you wake up in the morning and your problem is oh, solved. Oh, no. I've done the thing. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. If you would like us to solve your problems, we got give us you. a shrink way and we will. It's shrink way. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's my home style. It's shrink way. Shrink way. So, the rogue and humans and the Hulk were freed by Maximus, of course, in another scheme to overtake the inhuman throne. I roll. The scheme was, of course, thwarted by Black Bolt, and I, like I said earlier, I love how Lockjaw was basically like, yeah, fuck no, and just transported Hulk to another dimension. <laughs> he was like, I don't got time for this. I have belly rubs that I can be getting right now. <laughs> fuck you. Why would I impose this on myself when I can just put you somewhere else. True. Also, what a good power no. to be like, oh, I'm just going to put you in a different dimension so that you can learn patience or to be less of a shitty fucking Or dickhead. I'll just never see you again because I put you in another dimension. That would be the real reason. Yeah. I'm trying to pretend that I would be a good person. Martha's a bad person. It's true. <laughs> At one point, there are various forms of pollution from the outside world and they're becoming very lethal to Crystal. And so she needs to return home and she was transported by Lockjaw. However, Lockjaw fucked up by mistake and instead teleported them to an apocalyptic future. And this is where the alchemist known as Diablo was trapped. He took uh, control of Crystal and Lockjaw and forced them to return with him to the present. Crystal posed as Ahua goddess Exchil and took over the nation of Tierra Verde. Lockjaw was forced to battle the Fantastic Four when they interfered with Diablo's plans, and then the group ended up defeating Diablo and freed Crystal and Lockjaw. Lockjaw then teleported Crystal away again, but made sure that there was no unwanted detour, but there was actually (laughs) still an unwanted detour. They end up in Australia. Huh? And Crystal rescues the mutant known as Quicksilver, who is injured in a battle with the mutant hunting robots known as... The Sentinels. Yes. Also, mistake. Girl. So, this is where they meet. Lockjaw. You had one job. I love you. (laughs) But this is the one time I'm going to be like, you had one job just to bring her home. And also, you were so good at, like, being like, I hate this other dude, yeah. so I'm going to bring you to a thousand other dumb places. So after uh, Crystal rescues Quicksilver, Lockjaw transports them all back to Atlian, where Crystal... And this is your home. How are you having problems transporting there? Do you think sometimes someone just hits his, like, tuning fork on his head and it confuses his teleportation? One. Yes. <laughs> That's my theory. I like it. It's sad and funny. Or he knew Quicksilver was just an animal and wanted to hunt him. So it was like, squirrel. He's Quicksilver like, is basically a squirrel. He's, oh, oh no. <laughs> You're welcome. 
So Lockjaw transports all of them back home where Crystal ends up nursing Quicksilver back to health and they fall in love oh. because Crystal is really bad at picking out guys. For real, though. Baby, I love you so much. Just stick with the dog. So Lockjaw ends up being a big part of the Kree War. Not only was he the main source of transportation for the Inhumans, he was also often left as the protector of some old dude named Falzon. I don't know. Didn't look him up. Um, <laughs> but his name comes up a few times, so he's got to be somewhat important. It's fine. And often, like I said, Lockjaw is left to guard him while they go off to fight people or find stuff. <laughs> Lockjaw is also there when they find out the Kree's plan uh, of sleeper agents on Earth. And he's the one that quickly transports them to New York before all Kree hell breaks loose. Mm. And the Kree, like, want Atlian, so that's why the Inhumans went to, like, fight them. Because the Kree want to take over, because the Kree are jerks. True. Okay, so one of the last and most recent comics Lockjaw has been in was called The Death of the Humans, which came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. When the Kree Empire began ordering all the surviving Inhumans to join it or perish, Lockjaw accompanied the Inhuman royal family to a secret meeting where they were supposed to meet with the rest of the Universal Inhumans to discuss the situation. However, the leaders of the Universal Inhumans and their attendants were all found dead and there was a bomb left there as a trap. Lockjaw was able to teleport the royal family to safety, but wasn't able to save Triton. So Triton died. R.I.P. I don't even know who Triton is. I assume he's an ocean-based. I know Black uh, Bolt, I know Medusa, and I know Crystal. Yep. And I know Lockjaw. I've looked at pictures of a lot of them, mm-hmm. because I was like, maybe I'll join an Inhumans cosplay group, and then I was like, no, too much work. Yeah. The yeah. end. I love Crystal. Crystal's cute as shit. So when Lockjaw was within teleportation range, she traveled to the inhuman city of New Arctillium on the Earth's moon to retrieve Maximus. I don't know. I guess he's there. However, the city was under attack by the Kree Empire. This was led by Fox, a new breed of Kree inhuman. Hmm. Lockjaw rescued Maximus before Vox could kill him, but Vox quickly recovered and seemingly killed both Lockjaw and Maximus. Boo. So I guess Maximus made this new uh, Arctillion because he realized he couldn't fucking take over Black Bolt and was like, fine, I'll make my own Somebody else will. And uh, if people want to follow me, they can follow me. So we don't have to worry, though, because don't, don't fret. Maximus and Lockjaw were simply teleported to an unknown location where they were converted into brainwashed agents of the creek. But they're still alive. I don't really care about that other dude, but... But Lockjaw's important. Yeah, Papu. During the Inhuman fa- uh, Royal Family's final assault on the Kree, Lockjaw was pitted against them because he was brainwashed, and somewhere along the way, Crystal also got brainwashed as well. So they were together at least? Yes. Also, don't have to worry, because Maximus apparently is dead right now. He died. He was killed. I think he's still dead. I don't know. This was 2018. Mm -hmm. But Lockjaw and Crystal were freed from the Kree's control when Black Bolt used his powerful voice to destroy the equipment that was controlling Mm -hmm. And so that was the last, I think, one of the last things that Lockjaw was in. Like I said, it was back in 2018. Mm -hmm. 
2018 was two years ago, but then I feel like 2020 wasn't a real year, so it's really only a year ago. That's fair. Well, and also, like, the the Inhumans don't get used all the yeah. fucking time. They're, like, an offshoot from a yeah. lot of things. Um, as much as I think you should use a giant space pupper as often as you fucking can. All the time. Okay. So I'm almost done. I'm just going to give you some cute, fun facts about Lockjaw. Yes. <laughs> so cute. I'm here for it. This right. is what I wanted. At one point, Crystal Falls very ill because of all those pollens that I mentioned earlier. And, like, the bestest boy, he stays with her the whole time until they can move their kingdom to a new place where Crystal isn't sick. Emotions. Emotions, my dog. <laughs> also going on, the he how he's very loyal. Most recently, Black Bolt had a point where he thought basically everyone abandoned him somewhere, and it was Lockjaw who sniffed him out and found him and brought him home. Oh, he's a good boy. He's the bestest boy. Bestest beast. Pug, not a pug. Bestest space bulldog. Yeah, bestest space smushed face. <laughs> Lockjaw was also one of the many superhumans gathered by the Grandmaster in death in their so-called contest of champions. However, he was not chosen to participate and he was just transported home with the rest of them. But I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's like, you're a boss, and it's like, but also... Not enough of a boss, because you're the cutest beast pug ever. We don't want to watch sad things with a beast pug. It would be sad. Yeah, if you want her to be sad. We would like to just pet you while other people fight to the <laughs> death. He'd also been a pet to a few others than just Crystal and Black Bolt. Mm. Lockjaw was particularly fond of Ben Grimm, who is the thing. Fair. And at one point, Lockjaw actually elected to stay with him. Oh. And Ben, fondly reca- uh, recounting it, was like, oh, I've always wanted a dog. So they had some bro moments together. And there was like this one uh, comic strip. Bromance. Bromance, it was. A- Bromance. <laughs> bro moments. Bromance. It was just like a couple panels that someone had posted. And the thing had ripped a tree out of the ground and threw it in lockdown. Oh. And fucking fetched it. Oh my god. I know. I know. That makes me want to throw myself in like Times Square. It's Jesus fun. fuck. I know. I don't care about anybody else in Times Square. So cute. Throw your shit. Um, though during Civil War, he uh, didn't end up going to France with Ben. I think he just went back with um, Crystal and um, it's like too much drama. I'm yeah, fucking I'm out. I, I am not of this world. Yeah. I am over this. I'm here for belly rubs and that's it. I want trees thrown at me. Yes. Not whatever the fuck you're doing. Mm. <laughs> There's another point where Lockjaw was sent by Medusa to keep an eye on the recent because Miss Marvel was the whole Cree thing. So she sent Lockjaw to basically pose as Ms. Marvel's giant pet to keep an eye on her. Yeah. <laughs> so she gets all the best pets. I know, right? What the fuck? Uh, Where a lot of the chasing happens. Oh, no. But but cuddles at night when they were tired from chasing each other. I'm going to throw up. No, I'm not. You should draw a cute little comic of Lockjaw chasing, what's the cat's name? 
can't remember right now. Yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my head. And then the next panel is just jo- Lockjaw running away as all the tentacle <laughs> And then the last panel is just them sleeping together mm-hmm. and Miss Marvel drinking some coffee. Maybe tea. a small tentacle giving a yeast. And uh, while he was with Miss Marvel, he actually ended up helping her in a battle against Thomas Edison, known <laughs> as the inventor. So he was like, you're cool. I'm going to help you. Yeah. Thomas Edison is a dickhead. BT Dubs. His name is also just the inventor, so that doesn't surprise me. Even doubled. The thinker, the inventor, and Psycho Man. I mean, they have a lot of characters. I guess they just get bored sometimes of naming shit. Also, in Inhumans vs. X-Men, Lockjaw was taking a nap when he was just knocked out by Phantom X. Which I doesn't have anything to do with anything, but is so dog-like that it's going to be like you were you were napping, and then some person was like, "Oh, giant dog! I'm going to knock him out right now." Oh no! I know. I know. Oh my goodness! I know. All right, so Lockjaw has actually been a popular character from the start, and why? Because he's a dog. really good boy. Papu. Everyone loves a dog, and if you don't, fuck off, the fuck away. And even all with all of his superpowers, he's still just a silly boy who loves his family, is super loyal, and just wants to help out those who he cares about. I don't want to snuggle you so much. <laughs> Can I just sleep <laughs> on you? You're very lurid. Yeah. Just teleport me to everywhere I want to go while I'm sleeping on you. He, and he won't even feel you sleeping on him. Which is he perfect. He can carry 3,600 pounds yeah. on his back and eat metal. What so a good pup. That's Lockjaw, the bestest pup ever. He is the best boy. And now you know all about Lockjaw. I know so much more about Lockjaw. <laughs> I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. And we're here on the station surviving the coronavirus. Since you guys are probably quarantined there down on Earth, we'll let you know uh, we got DC news, comics, television shows we're going to be talking about every week. Come join us every week on the Earth Station DCU podcast here on the ESO Network. All right. All right. It's my fucking turn. That's usually what happens after one of us goes. Yeah. And uh, today I'm talking about Booster Gold. Oh, God. <laughs> and Skeets, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is an episode. Yeah. Where are we coming from? We're like, what if we could go to a bunch of different weird dimensions and times? <laughs> Oh, we can't? Cool, I guess we're stuck here. Wife Wobbly. So my sources for today, one of them was 15 Things You Didn't Know About Booster Gold by Edward Cambro. Uh, 10 Facts About Booster Gold That DC Fans Should Know by J. Richard Anderson. Wikipedia, obviously. And then there's a site called Boosterific. It's definitely just made by... A giant Booster Gold fan, and I'm fucking hyped about it. It felt like like checking out sites in the like late nineties, early two thousands. Oh god, I'm sure that's when it was made and oh. it hasn't been touched since. It's been updated. Oh, has it? It has 
been updated through 2017 as far as stories go. So, okay, what are we going to talk about? This fucking dingus. Where do you start? Uh, Obviously, at the beginning. Booster Gold is the greatest hero that you've never heard of. He's a time traveler. He's a fucking goon. There's a lot of shit time travel gimmicks out there, and most of them are depressing as fuck and about fixing the future. And this shit at least starts out with just conning people and getting money and then being forced to grow because you're a big fucking dumbass. Um, I love Booster Gold because I love a disaster, especially in comics. He's a disaster in a fucking No. Mess. I know. That's... No, you don't like a disaster? Could you tell that that's my jam? Yeah, I love somebody who clearly is a fucking nightmare. And Booster Gold is, is a big goddamn nightmare. He starts out as this joke, which is his own shitty fucking joke that he's laughing at. And then is forced to grow because of all of the bullshit and tragedy around him. Interesting fact about Booster Gold, he was uh, the first character to be created after the whole uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth thing. Okay. And a very quick sum up of a huge event in DC history is basically they were like, we have too many multiverses and it's fucking confusing. So what if we squish them all and also Supergirl and Barry die? You know, there are reasons in there and all of that Did shit. Superboy punch the universes again? I think that's later. <laughs> that's This is Crisis on Infinite Earth, and that's a different crisis. Basically, DC does this huge world-changing event, knocking their universe down to something a little bit more manageable. And the first character to come out that's a brand new character with his own fucking comic is Booster Gold. This fucking dickhead. <laughs> this fucking dude. It's a choice. Um, it probably wouldn't have been mine, but the fucking joke is on me because it worked really well, and Booster Gold is a character that has way more depth than first imagined. This nerd, his name is Michael John Carter, that is with his middle name, so he sounds like a serial killer, that's why. 100%. Yep. Michael Carter. There you go. Less serial killer. Definitely the whitest bro you've ever met. (laughs) Um, which, you know, not untrue. He's from the 25th century. It's like 2442. So we or some make it shit. through COVID. We make it! Maybe. <laughs> this was written back in the 80s. So, But he's still from the 25th century. Yeah. So. Yay! <laughs> so, yeah. Michael Carter from the 25th century. He and his twin sister, whose name is Michelle Carter. Eat your twin in the room! Eat your twin in the room! I uh, grew up dirt poor in the 25th century because... So there's Michelle and Michael? Yeah. Because their dad basically gambled away all of their money and split. He sucks. I assume that he also was integral in naming them both essentially the same fucking thing because it's super fucking annoying. And also, did I say he sucks? Because he does. Also, why is it that every superhero parent is either... They only come in two flavors. It's either abusive or dead. That's a bummer. I guess you and I can't be superheroes because our... Because our parents are not abusive, nor are they dead. Nope. Our pasts aren't tragic enough, so I guess we dodged We actually have bullet. pretty normal pasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, so anyways, you're going to continue talking, yeah. and I'm going to continue thinking about comic characters that don't have abusive or dead parents. 
Let me know if you think about it. I will. So far, Mm -hmm. I'm not coming up with a lot. No. But yeah, so um, by the time that uh, Michael is going to, like, fucking college, it turns out he's actually incredibly good at fucking football. Like, basically would have gone pro if things didn't go fucking belly up, which they always fucking do. Always. Um, He gets a, a football scholarship to Gotham University. And then his mom gets sick, like big time sick, which they don't say exactly what that is, and it doesn't matter. I bet it was cancer. It's probably fucking cancer. Usually, when you say big time sick, it's it's mm-hmm. cancer. Yeah. Regardless, it required expensive treatment, and they have no fucking money. So, and the only way he knows how to get money. Oh, so America is still the biggest piece of shit ever. Oh, it turns out yes. His mom gets ill. She needs expensive treatment. Michelle's working two jobs and it doesn't really fucking matter. And then Michael turns to one of their childhood, not a childhood friend, but somebody that they knew as kids because of their shitty dad to basically get money. So he throws a bunch of games, big games that people are putting a lot of fucking money on and gets fucking arrested for it. That's why you do that like once. So, yeah, he's like, I got to get that money so that I can get my mom uh, better. He does pay for the treatment and then gets arrested. And uh, she is really fucking pissed and disowns her son. And they don't ever speak again. Wow. Period. Uh, which, honestly, <laughs> fucking rude. He what? It's like he only wasted his fucking you. shitty scholarship yeah. on... Like, he was actually going to be something, yeah. and, but he needed to help you. So from here, he's disgraced and expelled. Uh, he can't move on in football because of all of this nonsense. Yep. So he ends up getting a job as a night security dude at the Metropolis Space Museum. And he spends his nights kind of studying the displays of superheroes and supervillains of the past, particularly the 20th century. There's, like, two different ways that this goes, where he ends up going to school for superhero history, which I'm like, that's fucking dumb. Also, though, if superhero history was a real thing. Yeah, I could major in I want to major in superhero history. Yeah. As someone who almost majored in Tudor history. <laughs> this is my not Not superheroes. Very opposite of superheroes. The other but fucking just way. But nerdy. Mm-hmm. He either went to school for this or he was a big fucking nerd when he's bored as a watchman and he's just reading every fucking thing and then he's like, well, I guess I'll look into this. And he's a watchman at a place where nobody's fucking gonna rob except for him. So... And also, so this is a disaffected douchebag that is sad TN that his life didn't work out in the way that he wanted. I know. And he's in the perfect place for him to look at all these good guys and see what they were and where they came from and be inspired. And he is. He's very inspired. Inspiration hits and he's like, you know, I could use this knowledge for me. That's good. Yeah. Basically. Because guess what? Life never works out the way you want it to. This isn't the and it doesn't. Basically, he's like, let's steal all this cool shit, take advantage of the knowledge that we have in the future, we're going to steal this security droid type dealie, and then uh, we're going to go into the past and make fucking bank. He could have just looked up a lotto number. 
he basically is like, how do I invest the right way and get people to make money and then make money off of my name? That's fair, um, but he could have just been like, what was the lotto number on this day and won the lottery? True. Fair. And whatever. then done. And then donated to charities. This is Booster Gold we're talking about. You're right. Okay, this is Booster Gold we're talking about, and he's a young baby Booster Gold, so he's a Who fucking idiot. in college for a football scholarship. He was in college for a <laughs> football scholarship, and then he fucked it up. Yeah, he wants to redeem himself and his family in the public, but also money's money, and uh, superheroics in the 20th century are his specialty, apparently. Is he in the 20th century right now? No. Not yet, okay. He's still... In the 25th century, so yeah, he deactivates and kidnaps Skeets, which is a museum. I know I love Skeets so much. <laughs> uh, I mean, just so everyone knows, it's the stupid faces we've been making about Lockheed. Uh, Lockheed the same Lockjaw. fucking face. Same stupid baby yeah. face. <laughs> Basically, he's a museum security robot that contains an extensive historical database. Does it stand for anything? No. Okay. I don't know. This is a marvel. I get it, but I I just wanted to make sure. It's fair. It's a fair question. Uh, So he steals a power suit and some energy bands and a bunch of other nonsense and a Visa credit card. And then he pilots Rip Hunter's time sphere through time to the 20th century. So Booster Gold basically comes around in 1986, right after the whole Infinite Crisis thing. And um, since you've got these superheroes like fucking Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman who are basically on an altar of myth, which is not my words, obviously. Altar of myth? Yes. What does that mean? So basically that means that you can't change them because they've become these mythological characters. So you can't just come in and be like, oh, all of a sudden Batman is a corporate shill. Because it wouldn't make any sense with this character. Okay. But you know who is a corporate show? Booster Gold. Because it's a shit. <laughs> but yeah, Booster Gold was a satirical look at consumerism at the height of the Reagan 80s. When our biggest exports Ugh. were glam and image. And Reagan. And Reagan. I know. Ew. <laughs> Boo. Earns. No. Thank you. So, Boosty doesn't actually have any actual powers himself. He has, uh, for equipment, the Legion Flight Ring. He's got a force field belt, a power suit, time travel, circuitry, gauntlets, which doesn't say anything about them, but I assume they do something, and visor devices. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he's just there for the aesthetic. (laughs) Honestly, if there's anybody where there's just there for the aesthetic, it's fucking Booster Gold. <laughs> he is the aesthetic. That's his fucking thing. Ooh, he's uh, a bad aesthetic. But yeah, so he's going back to get fucking famous and get fucking money, and he's starting with publicity first. So he reads up on his history, and he's like, okay, looks like Ronald Reagan was supposed to be assassinated at this thing, and it's going to be fucking big and public. So he comes in to save him at the last minute. So his name that he had chosen as a fucking superhero is actually Gold Star. I know. Don't make that face. It's fair. I made it, though. It's already made. But as a football player, Michael's nickname was Booster. So when he comes to the 20th century and he needs a code name, um, he saves the fucking president. And then Ronald Reagan is like, 
so what's your name? He's like, Booster. And then he's like, Gold! And then, and then, <laughs> and then Ronald Reagan's like, this is Booster Gold! Yay! And he's like, well, I guess that's that. <laughs> I guess I'm stuck with it. I guess that's what it's gonna be. Because it just fucking named me. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. So rescuing the president catapults Booster Gold into the limelight exactly as he expected. So within two months, uh, Booster Gold founded a company called Gold Star Inc. in order to promote his image and business assets. Using Skeet's knowledge of the future, he's able to rapidly developed the company into a very profitable business enterprise. And then they aggressively seek endorsement deals that kept Booster Gold in the public eye, making him a true celebrity. He ends up becoming more of a celebrity, and that's why he ends up meeting Superman, which was one of his childhood idols. And Superman's like, "Mm, you're a fucking goon, and also, you shouldn't be doing this for profit. And Booster Gold's like, well, I am, like, bummed, but not surprised that you disapprove. But yeah, he's out there trying to endorse shit, being a turd in general, and then... (laughs) As he does. Yep. Things go a bit belly up after that because the people who were in charge of the assassination were actually, like, deep state nonsense, and they're big fucking mad. Did you take another lemon one? Yeah, I did. That's fine. I just thought you would have went for a different flavor. I'm bad at choice. Um, So yeah, the suit and Skeet get trashed because of these fucking dickheads. And then all of a sudden he gets this like weird future sickness and they don't know what to do about that. Wait, is he in the past right now? Yes. Then how does he get a future sickness? This is in my writing. Okay. That's all I've got to say. He's not in the future to get He brought it with him and then killed all of us. The end. That's literally all I could think through the whole thing. I'm like, did he reason for COVID? Rude. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) It wasn't a bat. It was Booster Gold. (laughs) Don't eat Booster Gold, dude. He's in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they talked to Star Labs about this shit and... I forgot we were in the DC universe for a second. Our good friends friends at the Star Labs. (laughs) So they're working on, like, a new costume for him, a costume for a potentially female sidekick, because... Mm. And then one of his people who's working for him at Star Labs introduces him to Rip Hunter, who is an expert in time travel, and ends up becoming his, like, time travel mentor, basically. With Booster's help, they complete the time sphere, and then he's able to go back to the 25th century. Do they have a cure for his 25th century disease? Literally. That he somehow got in the 20th century? Literally, my writing is, not going to lie, I assume that the whole illness thing gets solved, but I didn't see anything about it. (laughs) Either way, he would have had to go back to get new suit and new skeets, so I guess that's that. Um, He gets back to the 25th century, hears that his mother is dead, and that he's wanted. Like... Big time fucking wanted. Don't steal the shit. It's a big, huge no-no, and he's on par with some of their, like, super villains of the time. So he's like, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Back to the 20th century. There's some time travel nonsense that happens here, too, and some rules about time travel and how you can survive it. 
And then his sister, Michelle, is able to help him figure out a way around all of that fucking nonsense. And she Brenda comes back to the class. about the twins. Michelle and Michael. They didn't eat each other yet? Not yet. Um, but actually, shortly after this. <laughs> but actually, shortly after, they do eat each other. <laughs> There's some cannibalism and everything's fine. Uh, so Michelle when does die shortly oh, after this. Does he eat her? She's wearing the Gold Star uniform, which is like the cute sidekick uniform, and one of these aliens that comes out of fucking nowhere murders her because they're like, you're a superhero. It's dumb. But she was just wearing it to wear it. Try it on. Test it out. So after all of that, uh, Boosty loses almost all of his money when he makes a bunch of dumb decisions. And then he ends up joining the JLI. Um, and they, they let him in. So the JLI was actually the ones where the United Nations paid for the JLI to be people. Oh. Yes. So, yes, why Cap they... did not sign? Exactly. Don't do that shit. <laughs> that shit. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> he ends up joining it. He uh, becomes friends with Blue Beetle, the second Blue Beetle, Ted Cord, who is too. at the time also penniless, but doesn't remain that way later. So you you end up hearing them called the Blue and Gold, and they're, like, very humorous about all their fucking shit, and they fight a bunch of baddies together, they're besties, they're literally represented in the media together by Max Lord, he helps them score a bunch of jobs, so basically, like, cutting ribbons at grand openings, and, like, you know, commercials, Booster Gold has fucking sponsors on his goddamn suit at some point. Anyhow... What matters is that they're, like, fucking best, best, best friends. And then somebody is like, hey, Booster, you're not making enough money there. Uh, have you thought about quitting the Justice League and joining <laughs> our team called the Conglomerate, which is a team of superheroes who were backed by major American corporations? I mean, really, that's the best way to go? Because originally you were by the government, which is also money bad. and is bad. But if you go by all these giant corporations, they have a shit ton of money. But if something was ever to go wrong, the government's just going to bail you out. So you're going to have a shit ton of money. Things do go wrong pretty much immediately. And he's like, <laughs> oh, oh, no. All of these people who are backing me are also just generally terrible people. Turns out if you have enough money to sponsor your own superhero, you're probably a fucking supervillain. I don't have that much money. I look at a bunch of fucking people for that right now in yep. the real world. True thanks. So, Doomsday happens, and that's not important, and I don't really fucking care. That said, Booster Gold does coin the name Doomsday, who is the guy who ends up murdering Superman. Booster Gold names it. It's not important, but it is like, also, you're such a brand whore, you stupid fucking dick. I love it. Should have just named him Nike. <laughs> Get that money. Name him Booster <laughs> Just Gold. Just do it. Booster Gold Jr. That's what I would have done. Uh, Booster Gold and Ted do their own thing. Oh, and they Ted. Ted is Blue Beetle. Okay, right. Ted Cord. He makes his own Cord Industries and Booster Gold. Uh, what does Cord Industries do? Lots of weird science-y shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold kind of start to team up again after many years. And... Figure out, because uh, Blue Beetle's getting embezzled for a lot of this shit, and this money is going towards nonsense that is making everything go fucking worse. 
In the midst of all of this, uh, fucking Skeets gets deactivated and dismantled yeah. by their mysterious foe. And uh, Booster Gold gets kind of blown up a little bit. So he's healing. I don't care about that. Skeets! True. Uh, he's healing in the hospital, and when he's healing in the hospital, Blue Beetle gets murdered by fucking Max Lord. Because Womp. he figures out too much shit. Womp womp. Mm-hmm. So he tries to bring uh, Beatles killers to justice, and it doesn't super work out well. So he tries to find a way back to the future. And then he goes back and forth for a little bit, and then things get really interesting. It turns out there's some evil time traveler shit, because of fucking of course. course there is. And also there's some time traveler anomalies. Rip Hunter, who is his mentor, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. asks Booster to help out. Yep, question. Is Rip Hunter a boy or a girl? A boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It could go either way. Wondering. But yeah. yeah. It's a, He's got a cute beard. Is he a, just a beard, not a mustache? Beard and a mustache. It's all is there. It a dashing mustache? Yeah, I mean, it's all like... Together, so it's it's not too dashing. I would he, say he grooms it. It's the regular it amount clean. of dashing. Does he stroke his chin? Probably when he's <laughs> thinking about time anomalies and being like, "Why is everything super fucked up?" I mean, that's a fair time to stroke your that's chin. The exact time. <laughs> the exact fucking time. So um, basically, Rip Hunter's like, you need to work with me for time traveler nonsense. That would be great. But if you are going to do that. You have to keep a low profile, and everybody has to kind of know that you're kind of a dumbass. Like, continue your dumbass shit, because you can't be top superhero, because it's going to fuck up the future. Also, you're Booster Gold, so you're never really going to be top superhero. So he can't be everybody's top superhero, because that would be, that would big time change things from the future. That would also make him much more suspect. Which, uh, that was essentially his original plan. Be big time superhero. Get fucking money. So do superheroes get paid if they franchise I just, themselves? I just he always boosteros. I just always figured the rich superhero paid for everything. So I just always figured Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark paid for everything. That's true. <laughs> In most, or aspects. like I'm sure, like every person of Shield has or that works for Shield has fine money because Shield pays them and fine benefits money. like it's that yeah, fucking dream. But like dream anytime benefits. it comes to like the Avengers or the Justice mm-hmm. League, I just figure it's Tony Stark yeah. and Bruce Wayne paying for shit. Nah, Booster Gold sold his fucking life around as quick as he fucking could. He had boosteros, he had a bunch of shit. He would be like saving people and then also like, holding a fucking soda at the right time. You know, that sort of shit. So that's where he's getting his fucking money. But, yeah, so he's like, mm, I guess that plan didn't work. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, so he turns down the Justice League because of this, saying basically because they come around and they're like, okay, you're kind of doing a thing. We'll let you join. And he's like, oh, I thought it would just be, like, really good for people to see that I had turned you down because I'm too fucking good for you. Which, you know, isn't necessarily what he thinks, but it is what he has to say in order to make sure that he doesn't, like, become this other person. Wait, wait, wait. Anyway, he agrees. He's basically just an Instagram model. A thousand percent. With, like, football skills and also a super, super suit and skeets and a cute sister. That he stole. Well, not the sister. (laughs) 
he didn't steal the sister. He did steal the sister. The sister was in the womb with him. <laughs> help. Help. Um, but she's dead, so it doesn't matter. Oh no, she's coming back because it's comics and death means nothing. Comics! So anyway, he's like, okay, I'll do this stupid time traveler shit that I don't want to do, but you have to save my best friend. That's the only way I'll do it. Repenter's like, no, we can't do that. You can't just save any fucking person, and that's not how time travel works. And Booster is like, well, I'm doing it anyways. How does time travel work in DC? It's... Is it butterfly effect, or is it what Marvel is trying to say and it creates parallels? So, it can create parallels. So you have to, like, kind of go back and fix things if you fuck things up. We're just about to get into that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because apparently it's It's complicated, but it has more rules than Marvel. Okay. Because mm-hmm. Marvel doesn't have any rules. Exactly. They're just shooting it out of their ass. So basically, there's a future Blue Beetle, not uh, Jaime, but the next one, who comes in and is like, hey, I think we can rescue Ted Court if you want to come time travel with me. And this Blue Beetle grabs Jaime and also grabs the original, original Blue Beetle, Dan Garrett, so that they can go and rescue Ted. They are successful, and this all works out, and yay, that's the best. And then they get back to their present, and the timeline has been drastically fucking altered, and it turns out that Max and all of his uh, Omax, uh, which are his, like, weird... They're kind of robots, but they're actually people that he controls. Basically, if you harm them, you're harming a human person, but also it's they're tougher than a human person. It's it's comics. complicated. It's comics. It's exactly <laughs> it. Um, yeah. So they get back there and they're like, well, I guess we tried to do that. That didn't work. So they try to fix the timeline, but still keep Ted. And Ted's like, the only way for this to work is for me to die. And he sacrifices himself. And then Booster is like pretty heartbroken and devastated and everything like that. Not gonna say there's some gay shit, but there's definitely some gay definitely shit. Definitely some gay shit. I'm just saying. Just go to the Savage Land, guys, and be happy. Have you thought about just wearing a loincloth <laughs> with a dinosaur child, <laughs> and possibly a giant? Put a loincloth on skeets. Skeets. <laughs> Uh, they send him to a weird century in the future, and then he gets back to the past, and Rip is unsympathetic about literally fucking everything. Of course. Basically, Rip is like, there are certain points in time that are fixed, and you just have to fucking leave them that way. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, it's gonna, I'm gonna fucking make this work. So Rip sends him back. He's like, okay, well, you can go prevent the uh, crippling of Barbara Gordon because that wasn't supposed to happen. And then it turns out, obviously, that it was supposed to happen and Booster Gold gets the shit beaten out of him by the Joker, even though he should be able to beat the Joker because time travel is fucking bitch. Rip yoinks him back and is like, don't be fucking dumb. But also, Booster Gold does gain a friendship with Batman because which Batman has, like, three friends, so that's <laughs> it's a fucking goal, I guess. That said, so... One of them is his butler. Mm, that's, like, his dad. Does that count? 
Yeah, man. Do you have two friends and they're Diana and Clark? Shrug. Okay. You He's used like, to have Zatanna as a friend until you had too many morals. You used to have Zatanna as a friend until she decided to erase your fucking brain. Don't lobotomize people magically. It's weird. Also, episode one, if you're wondering what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> did Luna just meow angrily? I don't know. I didn't notice. I didn't hear it either. Yeah, so all this fucking nonsense goes down, and then Booster's like, fine. It doesn't fucking matter. I'll keep working with you, Rip, because it's the right thing to do, even though it's not fucking fun and everything's the worst. And then Rip is like, so actually, because your sister is from the future, I should be able to save her a couple moments before she died because of loopholes and nonsense like that. So she gets to come back to the past with him and be a superhero for a little bit. And then... Does she have any superpowers? She has a suit. Right. It's all back to the suit here. They're nothing without the suit. Mm -hmm. She's Gold Star. She's cute as shit. She's so fucking cute. I'll show show you a picture after. Yeah, because when I... What does she do? Basically the same dealies. She also travels in time. Mm Mm-hmm. She finds out about her dying and then is basically like... I'm going to stay home because this isn't my jam. And I also don't want to die twice because that's dumb. Cool. So I really like Booster Gold because they play into a lot of the like weird time travel nonsense tropes. Rip Hunter has this big conspiracy like chalkboard that has all sorts of shit written on it. Um, and some of it's like fourth wall breaking shit and stuff like that. He's clearly listened to my side of this podcast. He has. Absolutely. <laughs> 1000%. There's like weird time cops, which is a fun time traveler trope where people come back and it's like, we're going to arrest you for stealing this shit. And it's like, well, I've broken it like 300 times since I count. There's time anomalies. There's characters being saved in the very, very nick of time. And then there's the fun fact that actually, Rip Hunter, who sees time traveler mentor and helper, is actually his future son. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> yeah, so basically... Ugh, what an awful dad. And who made it with that? Booster Gold. Well, older Booster Gold's slightly less shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Assigns Rip Hunter to train his younger self to be a Time Master. Rip Hunter at this point is already a Time Master. So basically this means that Rip Hunter is being like a dad version to Booster Gold. Who even is though dad? he is, yeah. It's a weird like father figure circle that like I need harder liquor spirals down a weird that. Yeah, no. There's so many daddy issues here, it's fucking bad. Bonkers. Do they look alike? Doesn't he have facial hair? Yes. Sometimes Boosty has facial hair. He just is usually clean shaven because he's all about that fucking image. That's his fucking shit. And then another fun part about Boosty is that you have, like, the goon that he was when he first starts out. And then you have what he's growing into and promises of more fun, weirder shit in the future. Uh, They learn through his adventures that in the 31st century, he's saved the multiverse, like, many times. And he's actually legendary in the same sort of realm that Superman is like, he's, he's very, very well known. He has all the respect that he's always kept fucking wanted, but also he's, you know, 
it's too late because you're already fucking dead. So, womp, womp, womp. Also, a couple times Rip is like, oh, well, you're going to be <laughs> the father of the greatest time master of them all. What and- a fucking dick. <laughs> But Booster doesn't always get that because he doesn't always know what's going he's on. He's a football player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's doing his fucking best. But yeah, it's always fun to watch a nightmare character turn into somebody who's slightly less of a nightmare. And it's fun to watch somebody when but they're you know like what? time travel, but they're not like he's shitty like, apocalypse yeah. all the time. And he's just like, what they made him was a regular person getting superpowers. He's a dude. That's how a dude would would react to getting superpowers. Mm -hmm. How can I make money off of this? Yeah. And then it turns out, actually, I've gotten myself way too far into things. I guess I'm going to have to either commit or become a villain. Yeah. He commits. It's baller. Also, their friendship is really cute. Also, Skeets. Skeets! (laughs) I love Skeets so fucking much. Yeah, so Skeets is, and I didn't talk enough about Skeets, but Skeets is like future nonsense. Too bad you didn't do Skeets. But also, he's a sarcastic fucking turd all the time, always. And he's like, oh no, you're doing a really great job, sir. (laughs) You're doing great. Great job, sir. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, everyone. All right. There you go. Episode 17. 17. Holy smoke. Jesus Christ. We're almost to 20. Yeah. Crap. A lot of episodes. It's a lot. <laughs> we talk about a lot of shit, and I. But also, it's like I talk about seventeen things. How do I have so much trouble finding a topic? Yeah, I don't know. I fucking talked about John Benet very <laughs> last week. So who the fuck knows? It's okay. I've got some weird shit on my list. Uh, okay. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Hope you're staying safe. Yeah. Make sure, please, 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 we say it every week, but we're going to keep saying it. It really does help. Rate, review, and subscribe. Really, just click that five star and hit the subscribe button and leave even to just a yay comment. It makes us feel validated. It makes us feel better, and it will help boost us up so more people, when they search, Mm -hmm. will find us better. So, it does help on Apple Podcasts, but we are on Spotify, always on the ESO network. And if you really can't find us anywhere else, we are on Podbean. So yeah, that's that. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. And we will see you next Tuesday. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at ESONetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.